You're listening to the Hero Up Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hero Up Podcast. This is Jim Simcoe with... Like Eugene Bender. Damn it. I don't know why you don't say Eugene with more force than that. You know, I've only... the How many podcasts have we done now? It feels like a million. It really does. So like 12. One of these days, like we're going right? <laughs> to break into double-digit listeners, I'm sure. And uh, the number of times I've... Uh, introduce myself to anyone with my middle name Eugene. Yes, is equal 12. to the number of podcasts we've ever done. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic! It's nice. We're actually sitting outside today. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, can't go wrong in San Diego here. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. So today we're talking about somewhat of a serious topic, but not too too serious. Well, it's a serious topic. Mm-hmm. This is a serious topic. I want to take it super seriously. serious. Yeah, yeah super I take serious. it very seriously. So it's all about creating a positive self image. We're going to get right. Roll. Let's roll right into this because we have class in an hour. So deep into it, yeah. Yeah, it's deeper in it. Where are we going first here? So the the goal of this really is to help you, our listener, our devoted, lovely listener. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thank, thank you, you, Mom. We love you. And thank you for the new listeners. We have a couple new listeners who thank reached you, out to recently. Who <laughs> <laughs> reached out recently. And Susanna, if you're listening to this in Palm Springs. What's up, thank, Susanna? Yeah, she's so nice. She's so Susanna? nice. She's with our lender and... uh our lender's awesome. I love our lender. But anyway, she's super cool. You have a lender? So, yep. Long story. Okay. But anyway, so it's all about creating a positive mental image of yourself regardless of where you are in life. Mm-hmm. And the reason this really has come up, which I'm going to delve into this a little bit, okay. is that recently I have been feeling super crappy about my our real estate business. I've been feeling like because of, you know, I think I've mentioned to you that we got kind of screwed by a previous contractor. It won't say their name, uh, but everybody knows who they are. And I feel like I haven't been doing a good job or it just hasn't gone well. And I tend to personalize and internalize a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And then I've noticed recently, it's really been up for me recently, but I've seen a lot of other people do it as well. And and I started thinking about like, God, why am I creating this weird negative image of myself on so many different levels? And I see it pervading my life in so many different ways. And there's a happy ending at, at the end of this one. Not that kind of happy ending. <laughs> <clears throat> like just had a big smile on his face all of a sudden. Um, but there's a happy ending to that story in, in a second we'll get to, but it seems that people often have a predefined view of who they are. And many times it's negative. They think I'm fat or I'm not pretty or I'm not as successful as whoever. Um, I can't do this thing or I can't do that thing. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, that really sucks if that's you and that's what your personal self view is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess if you're a shitty person, maybe it's appropriate that you have a shitty worldview, but oftentimes it's very much the inverse. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I think that it's important that people feel good about themselves. I think that you're better able to help the world if you help help yourself first and, and that's important yeah. to get those ducks in a row. What a, what negative images have you ever had about yourself? Oh man. I'm taking about back myself. deep right yeah, now. You're t- you know, I think that like... Uh, it's easy for anyone at different phases, phases of your life. It, a lot of it comes down to what are you, what are you doing presently and what are you exceeding it or excelling in and what are you struggling in? So like, I've certainly had a hard time in school when I was younger, especially when I was like quite young and I, and I, you know, probably felt about myself that I wasn't super bright or that I wasn't a quick learner. And well, those things are not, I mean, they're, I feel like I'm plenty bright, just maybe not in a traditional uh, sense that does really well, well consuming information. What's funny like about this is categorizing it. Yeah. And what's funny about this is you're actually one of the smartest people I know. Thank you. You're just saying that for this podcast. I'm really not so. just saying that for this podcast. Saying it, son of a bitch. Um, 
I actually think it's actually true. I think you're I think you're very uniquely smart in many different ways. But anyway, okay. Keep Thank going. you. You're helping me reframe my my mental image Good. of myself. Hey, <laughs> our goal's been achieved. Um, uh, yeah. So I think things like that, like you, you know, you question yourself, like w- what do you find valuable, or what or what do you, uh, I guess, value from a personal characteristics perspective, and how do you stack up against whatever model you have? So whether it's from a physical body image perspective, if you're looking up to, you know people who are ripped or if you're, uh, you know, on Instagram and there's, uh, Insta models all over the place. Dude, Instagram is so and they, bad sometimes. And they just put out, you know, the best versions or the best of themselves, even if, if it required a thousand snaps of the, the, uh, trigger in order to get the one perfect yeah. shot, like everyone's just putting out the best, uh, image that they can. Um, and I think that's even like just a more exaggerated way that, you know, like, an exaggeration of what life is already like because when you're interacting with people on a personal level that usually is the case right where you're not people usually if you're just having a casual conference conversation with somebody you don't know that well and and you're like oh hey how's it going and people are usually like they're never going to tell you the truth things are so shitty right now (laughs) i feel terrible about my life and my relationships yeah and like you're not judging but then some people do know uh do respond that way in some cases. We know somebody it, specifically that I'm even, thinking of. Yes. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't. I don't need to know. It doesn't nope. matter. <laughs> um, but you know, then there's the flip side of that where people who uh, are comfortable or feel as though it's important that they like bring themselves down a peg so that they know, like, I know you see me this way, so it's almost like I'm cre- like softening the blow if right. you know by by putting that energy out there yeah. and whatnot. You know, what limiting beliefs do you think you have? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'm st- in some Blake cases, is literally starting to sweat as we're talking right now. <laughs> I think, I think sometimes when I think about taking on new ventures and or taking on like new projects or things like that, like oftentimes that I don't have a skill set that's required for it mm, to be successful. Um, those are usually the places that I am personally challenged by, just because like I recognize the the scope of the experiences that I've had is not like it. You know. If, there's many things that I haven't had, haven't gone through, sure. uh, on business levels and things like that, that, um, I see my limitations on. Right. Um, and that can probably be a, an obstacle in some cases and all that. It's so funny cause this is so, I'm actually so glad you said it in that way. And I keep bumping into you. Sorry. Um, I'm so glad you said it that way because it's really interesting because you're kind of proving my, one of the next things about my next point is like, we often justify, like if we have a limiting belief, we often say like, we usually give a reason around why we have it, right? Like, yeah. so like I've had tons of business experience and have done it, you know, you know, kind of all over the country. And I will tell you that like not having experience in business in many ways is, could be one of your biggest advantages mm-hmm. in many ways. Cause I know tons of people who have tons of experience in business and they suck at it. Like they're just terrible. Not, yeah. They're just terrible at it. They're not good at it at all. So it's interesting. It is interesting how like, you know, if Scott we, Lang, for example, Scott Lang, that guy, <laughs> oh, my favorite terrible business. Does he even like, do you, does he do business? Is that what Scott? He's always on the computer. He's, he's arguably that's, the smartest business. web guy I've ever that's met business, in my life. Right? Yeah. But no, it's interesting how like, you know, the, the areas like, you know, you would think of as being a negative or have a limiting belief around mm-hmm. or me or whatever. We have a tendency to attach a reason to it. Like mm-hmm. here, my limiting belief is this and here's my reason. Like my, one of mine is, is that, you know, I'm always going to have 
25% body fat or I'm never going to be like a lean ripped dude. And my reasoning has always been like, well, I've had all these surgeries and, mm-hmm. and you know, physically can only do so much because of my age or whatever else. Uh-huh. It's a total limiting belief and total bullshit and mm-hmm. totally not true because there's tons of guys yeah. who are my age who are completely ripped. But you put a limiting belief, you have to have a reason behind it. So it's interesting like, yeah. like how we all, how we all do that regardless of what it is. Yeah. Um, and also, isn't it funny that in many ways, a limiting belief of yours probably doesn't have anything to do with working out or exercise or fitness because in many ways, like you've really mastered that. So you could walk into any environment and I could say like, oh, hey, do this exercise. And you could be like, it's you not know, a, it's, it's not a challenge it's, for you. It's funny is on, on some level that is the case and it's not the case mm. because, you know, like certainly from a, like are my physical me- or is my physical abilities met as far as like my day-to-day requirements? And I like, like, yeah, without question, like, and, and then some many times over, uh, however, you know, if I'm, I live and work in the fitness industry and there's a certain level of expectation that comes with, you know, being in that territory. And I think it's important that I don't just like try to present myself as an expert in that field, but also actually can speak from experiences, experiences and things like that. Right. And so from a, uh, perspective of I'm not an expert in X, Y, and Z, even if I am in A, B, and C, and I have spent a lot of time invested in that. Right. The only thing that the the strategy that I've I've had in order to like overcome those things because those are consci- I am conscientious of that that limitation uh, is I just try to work on that stuff and I like try to learn every outlet or every avenue and and uh, you know I spend certain I spend periods of time exploring this branch of uh, training or fitness related subjects and, and ideas and then I move on to something else and that so you're not afraid of it you're not intimidated like a lot of people would be like oh I don't know that so I'm not going to do it you know I that I, that's something I think I'm really fortunate in but it's because I have so such a robust experience and background in so yeah. many varied things. Um, and I think that's going to be like the theme I assume of this conversation is that like my experiences and having gone through a lot of trials and tribulations in a positive way has given me a lot of confidence so that I, I'm not, I'm very rarely intimidated by a discipline by thinking like, Oh, that's not for me that, you know, discipline I'm too yeah. X, Y, or Z. Like I've always had the experience yeah. where I can just like kind of practice something, learn what I want from it and then move on when I'm, I'm no yeah. longer like intellectually interested in the subject. Got it. Okay, cool. That's super cool. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like, it's like you're so confident that even if you don't know it, you'll figure it out in certain areas. And I feel that way in that facet of my life. Yeah, but then yeah. there's other things where I'm just like, I don't know how to fix this sink. You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Call the plumber. I Call the plumber. Yeah. But that, but that's a good point, right? So I don't know how to fix this sink, but one of the ways you fix the sink is you call the plumber. Yeah. Some guys would go in and, you know, do it themselves. Or they'd say like, oh, they just live with a broken sink. Like, I think that I think that's a, a totally reasonable expectation of fixing something is like you call somebody else because you know you don't want to do it or you don't want to learn how to do it or it's not your expertise, yeah. right? Like it's like you don't call an electrician, you know, or excuse me, you don't try and fix the electrical yourself, you call an electrician yeah. because they know what the hell they're doing yeah. and you don't want to get, you know, you don't, you don't want to electrocute Get electrocuted, which would be a good point. Um, a couple of things that, I, that also I thought of in this when I think about is like, and I wanted to throw this at you, is like, so when I think of like the happiest, most successful people that I know and whether they're famous people or people in here or just people in my, you know, in our lives, they tend not to set limits on their lives, right? Most of the people tend not to have like predetermined limits or self-limiting beliefs on their lives. And I have two examples. Um, JK Rowling, you know who she is. 
JK, of course JK. I do. She wrote Harry Potter, the whole series. Oh, she did? I hadn't heard about that one. Yeah, you hadn't heard about that one? I'm more of a, you know, underground JK Rowling yeah. fan. <laughs> you just follow her blog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, she was a single mom on welfare writing at night. Yeah. And now she's a billionaire. And she sold, you know. It's nuts. Yeah, like a home, however many books she sold. But I find it, her story to be really interesting because it's, it's kind of an atypical story where single mom writing at night on welfare has all these things going against her, but she didn't really limit her beliefs. Like she actually, when she wrote the Harry Potter series, she didn't write one book. She wrote seven. Like she thought of it as a seven part series. So right away, like she's not thinking like, oh, I'm going to publish a book and hopefully it does okay. May I ask, did she write just the first book and then it got gained traction or did she like outline the whole thing? And I'm then, and pretty then she sure she outlined the whole thing okay. and envisioned a seven. Uh, yeah. See, seven, How old right? was she when she started that? I'm curious. Any idea? She was. You're young. just gonna make up a number. I'm not gonna make up a number. Like I'm like gonna early say early 30s under, or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit old. But she. I know that she was married and had like a 13 month old. Okay. Or had a. Excuse me. Not a 13 month old. She had been married and then got divorced within about a year or so. Yeah. yeah. And then was like a single mom writing all those books. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting. It's like so. Here's somebody who, you know, like looking at their life, you would think like, oh, there's no way you're going to be successful. But not only was she successful, but she already had a a, a belief that like I, she was going to be so successful that she mapped out seven books, not just one. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Like to that's, think like that, right? Like yeah. that's a, just a different way to think about it. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty wild when people can like have that grand of a scale and they're like what they see for things. Cause like, I, I think it's really easy for us to put, you know, think six months in the future or even a year and a half in the future. But then if you think about like, scaling out to what do I want my like overall impact to be in the world or what do I want out of my life? Maybe it's not to get, have impact on the world, but maybe it's just like, what do I see my life life as? Yeah. The, the people that have those grandiose of perspectives and whatnot, I think is like pretty incredible. And I don't know that I, I think on that level of scale at this point in time, like right. usually, but, um, it's pretty wild to like, you know, JK Rowling, for example, probably is a, uh, motivation for so many people in terms of being creative and overcoming obstacles totally. and basically created this in, entire like world or culture around her ideas and whatnot. And I don't know whether she ever like went into, went into this venture with that, but like, that's very much what, uh, came a part of it. Became, yeah, it's cool. Came in. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, I think it's like a wild story. The other one I wanted to bring up was Bethany Hamilton. You know who she is? Nope. So Bethany Hamilton is someone who, when she was 13 years old, had her, she was out surfing in Hawaii. She's from Hawaii. Lost her arm. Lost her arm. Yeah. Had her arm bitten off by a shark. By a shark? I thought it was a snapping turtle. No, it was not a snapping <laughs> turtle. It was actually a tiger shark. That's, that's um, good. So not only did she live, but then she ended up becoming a world-class surfer, ended up being a championship. She like, she won one thing and she was a champion for a while. Surfed huge waves, mm -hmm. like monster waves, like waves that I, with two arms, would never paddle into. Yeah. Way too big for me. Yeah. And it's another, it's another example I, I, I think of, of someone who's like, just didn't have limiting beliefs mm -hmm. around what she could do. She looked at it as like, okay, I have one less arm, so how will I figure out surfing? It was never a factor of whether or not she would surf again. It was a factor of like, how will she do it, right? And I think yeah. that that's another example. Like how many people, you know, just get hurt and never go back to what they love doing just because they think they can't do it. Here's a kid who's 13, you know, loses her arm and literally like three months later is in the water surfing yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. Three months later? Yeah, like no joke. Three, like three months later, it was like 
it was like back in the water. I'm going to go look this up afterwards and be like, five years later, she got back. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, dude. It's, and I know it. I mean, we've seen the movie. The girls love it. The yeah. girls are super into it. And we're all, you know, we've seen the movie a bunch of times and they've read the yeah, book. Yeah. We actually met, the, we actually met her. Um, she had a book signing in Encinitas oh, last year cool, and, cool. And, and she's actually, the girls have met her like three or four times at different signings. She's super nice, mm-hmm. super quiet, but yeah, she like legit has no arm and still surfs and like, you know, if you watch her surf with one arm, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Because remember, with surfing, you're paddling all the time. That would that Am would I still teaching? I'm still teaching you to surf this summer? Yes? Yeah, let's do we're, it. Let's yeah, make it happen. Okay, cool. um, so you need both arms. <laughs> Having both arms is kind of like an important thing. Good to know. And she's bring doing them both. it all with one arm, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know? Similarly, uh, I watched is the movie. I think it's The Dawn Wall. Have you seen that one? It's a Netflix climbing mm-hmm. movie. Nope. As we've discussed, I've been on a, in a climbing kick again lately. Yeah. And, uh the I believe it's the Don Wall could have been one of the other uh, similar climbing films, but in any case, the the main protagonist guy who's the 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 film's about um, is one of the best climbers out there. He's done all these like crazy treks and loses a finger. I think it's his pointer finger in just some dumb like household accident or something like that. God, and uh, you know it was like okay, well now like. Everybody thought like, well, his career is cl- clearly over. Right. Because aren't your fingers like because, the most important like, part yeah, of climbing? And, and if you remove your strongest pointer finger, uh, like you would assume that that is like, that's it. And uh, over the course of a long period of time, maybe a couple, a year or two or something like that, he regains strength and basically develops all of these strategies for like cl- clamping down using his thumb in creative ways and things like that in order to create the force production needed in, in order to hold on to these obscenely small holds and things like that. Jesus. And he's then, he then climbs like this famously challenging uh, route in uh, Yosemite that takes like several months or something like that. Oh, God. Uh, and, uh, with nine one, fingers. With nine fingers, yeah. Isn't that unbelievable? Oh, God, that sounds brutal. Yeah. You were just talking about a woman losing her arm and you, you're yeah, cringy they're about both this. Bad. They're both bad. That just that, I think we can both agree the arm is worse than the finger. <laughs> the arm is worth it, worse than the finger. Yeah. They're both bad. But again, that's a perfect example of another guy just reframing it, reframing in our head. And I think that goes crucial to the advice, which I want to get into now, is like that being able to frame it in your head or reframe things in your head so that you remove those limiting beliefs is, mm-hmm. is crucial. Um, do you want to get to the advice part? Let's give them all the ready? advices. All right, let's do it. So here's the first thing I thought of is that to create a positive self-image, one of the things you have to do is you have to avoid worry at all costs. So... And uh, somebody said this, I think it was Jack Campbell, he said, worrying is negative goal setting, right? Mm. Where you spend so much time worrying about stuff that many times doesn't happen. It's like, uh, wh- wh- how do you say his name? Wiz Khalifa, the rapper? Yeah, so, yeah, something like that. This is like your generation. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, he said, worrying is like walking around with an umbrella in the sun waiting for it to rain. Yeah. Pretty deep. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty deep. I know, right? But I think that that's like something that, so many people do like they have this negative self-image because they are they're always worried about shit and maybe it's not something that's ever going to happen but they just worry constantly i i know this personally because i am i lean towards being more of a worrier than someone who blows shit off like i worry about everything i'm i'd like to challenge you on this a little bit because let's do it i feel as though every human emotion or every experience probably has some value from a survival evolutionary perspective right and within that idea i think it there is value in like worrying and thinking things through sure and 
as you, you might may or may not expect, I'm probably on the opposite side of the. No I, way. I tend to be a le- less of a warrior, and like I tend to. Be What's like that like? A, it sounds so. Nice. I'm more. Of, I'm more of a. I'm more of a dreamer, and then I outsource my worrying to the, the other people who are like <laughs> collaborating with. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, you know, like obviously, there's plenty of times that I I do get in my head and I'm like like over overly thoughtful or in, in thinking things through. Yeah. Um. But I feel like you need, if if not one person individually, at least collectively, we need people who are worried about like the the worst case scenario of global warming, and then you need people on the flip side of, of like having the perspective. Maybe it's not that bad, and, and like that yeah. way, people can like have conversations and dialogues, and we can and be prepared for those things. Right. I guess the 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 flip side of that is there absolutely becomes a point, or uh, you know, there's a time when that's no longer serving you, and it becomes right. like an al- paralysis by analysis and things like that. And which I think is what you're getting. At, that's kind know? of what I'm going at, like because yeah. I think like being worried about the environment. That's I'm concerned about the environment. Being worried that you know my wife is having an affair with Tay Diggs, you know, because she hasn't texted me back in 20 minutes. Yeah, that's not as realistic. Probably, probably, right? More realistic Tay Diggs than her other crush. Oh, uh, Karamo. Karamo, because he's gay. Because he's a gay man. Yeah, because he's a gay man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, the other thing about the whole concept of worry that I, that I was looking at is like. Worry is really like the exact opposite of imagination, right? So like when you worry, you tend to like tunnel vision something down into like, this is the worst possible outcome. This mm-hmm. is what I think is going to happen. Da, da, da. So your, your lack of imagination or your imagination is just gone during that time. And I've had this a lot recently with, again, with this real estate project. And I found that um, by trying to improve my imagination around it and trying to visualize really what I wanted a successful outcome to be on this project, um, I didn't really come up with a grand solution. Like, I'm not going to say that I came up with some grand solution in a day, but after like a month or so of doing it, of just kind of putting the possibility out there, like, look, there's a solution. If there's a solution, I'm just, I'm getting closer to find it, but what is it? Yeah. I ended up kind of coming up with one with the help of my friend, Mike last week, um, that I think actually might work out yeah. that, that is going to be way better than what I thought. But I think that had I not been at least even remotely open to the possibility, yeah, I would have yeah. never seen it. And if I just sat in my worry the whole time, like totally. I think if people, if you just sit in your worry, it's, it's, it's difficult to see a solution out of things and it makes your, you know, your, your self image go, you know, kind of further and further down. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, it struck a, a thought for me as I listened to a Ted talk on the way, way in just the other day mm-hmm. to work that is, uh, and it was around the idea that procrastination can be a useful tool as oh, you know there's usually a this idea that procrastinators are you know lazy or whatever the case may be and uh maybe it wasn't a ted talk but it was some podcast or something like that um and it was using uh, a reference of a uh really big company they sell glasses warby something or warby other. parker warby is it warby parker? Yeah, parker those are my glasses uh there you go <laughs> and uh Basically, the the individual who's presenting says, "Oh yeah, I could have invested in them because those are all my friends from my you know MBA program." Right, uh, and I chose not to because like like it was a week later, it was a week before they were supposed to launch. And they're like, have you done this? Have you decided on a name? Have you decided on, yeah. like, have you made a website? Have you done any of these things? Right, 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 right. Business is a website. Like that's what you are right. as a website. And they're like, oh no, we haven't done any of these things. And he's like, well, like certainly I'm not going to invest in these guys. They don't have their shit together. Right. And now they're a billion, multi-billion dollar company or something like that. Right. Um, and they basically painted the picture in, in having 
conversations in the beginning stages and then sitting on it and thinking on it and like actually, actually having the opportunity to like mold those ideas over their head. It wasn't them procrastinating per se. It was them, uh, giving the, giving it time to kind of thoroughly evaluate all their yeah. like options. Yeah. That's cool. As opposed to where I even think that like they, he, the, the gentleman who was giving the presentation considered himself a procrastinator. Uh, in which he got things done, like he got extreme anxiety if he didn't get it done right away. So he'd be like months before a project was due and would already have it done. And that uh, that direction can for- force people to like take the lead on the first idea that comes into their mind, right. as opposed to thinking about something thoroughly, brainstorming. All that the is my ideas problem, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, Justin. yeah. You get like a tat. I just want it off my list. I yeah. just like, oh, I'll get it done. And I've. It's so funny you say that because I've caught myself doing that so many times. Where I'm like, okay, I finished. Is this really the right way to go? Yeah. Like, is this like back. the? Yeah. Then you're like, wait, this isn't Shit. the right way to go. Okay, redo all that yeah. and redo this one. And it's like, totally. as opposed to like some people who sit around and kind of are able. To, and it's not. You're right. It's not procrastinating. It's just like they're they're comfortable not making decision until they're ready to make a decision. Yeah. And they don't give a shit about someone else's timeline, which I think is cool. Right. Which kind of also, you know, helps them create a, uh, I think a more positive self image of yourself is like, if you can kind of work what we're on, talking about, isn't it? That's what we're talking about. <laughs> it's funny. How it is. It's funny. How it came back. But like how you can do that, if you're able to figure out how to do things on your timetable yeah. and not be, you know, kind of beholden to the man. Yeah. You know, so yeah, let's talk about the next. Thing. Let's talk about the next thing. That was very weird. We had a, a moment of eye contact there, which is, let's never do that again. Too much. Um, next piece of advice would be to watch your language. So what I mean by that is do don't try not to use limiting phrases and our negatives in your in your either your self talk or when you're talking. Like you know, like uh, I think of things like people saying like the word should. People say should a lot. And I think should is one of the worst words in 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 our language because people say like you know I should. Uh, I really would love to go to dinner with you, but I, you know, I've got some work I should we be doing. We should go it. to dinner together. We should We're not go going to dinner. Together. Yeah. Or like, you know, I should do this. I should be further in my career. I should lose 20 pounds. I should be in better shape. Like we could do the should game like all day long. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. So take that word out of your, out of your thing. A phrase that I want that I've tried to take out of, and I just did it. There's two words or there's a word and another phrase that I've tried to to take out of my vocabulary entirely, and I'm butchering it as I'm talking, but the first one is try. Mm-hmm. So when you say try, you're you're immediately giving whatever you're saying a weaker perspective. So if mm-hmm. I say, I'm gonna try and work out today, it's weak. Yeah. I either need to say, yeah, I'm working out. out, or I'm not, Yeah. right? And yeah. so like I think, like to stop saying try. And then the other phrase, which I think is a killer, is work hard. Okay. Like people like, you know how things go? I'm working hard. You know, yeah, you need to work hard at that. It's like, well, why? You don't. I know lots of people make a shitload of money and are super successful and they don't work hard at all. They're just smart. They figured something out. So working hard isn't necessarily mean that you're going to be successful. There are tons of, we're in Southern California, drive by some, any house and see a laborer who's in the, you know, in a, in a yard pulling weeds. That dude's working hard. Yeah. He's probably not making a ton of cash. Yeah. Right. So work hard. The phrase Try. And the word should. Yeah. They're all dead to me. I can't, as I, say. I can't remember the context, but this came up recently as I was basic. I don't know if the term would be scolding someone. I don't remember the, the situation that they said. The term would be scolding something if we were in the 1950s uh, and you were a teacher. I, I was basically calling them out on the bullshit because they, they were 
putting something out there like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I was just like, you're not going to do that. Like, it's not going to, clearly it's not going to happen. Like, right. you, don't, you don't even think you're doing, you know, you're going to do that as you say it to me right now. Right. Uh, that happens, you know, more often, more often than not. I think that like words are super powerful and that they're basically a portal into your, your, your old brain and noggin. Yep. And the, the way somebody like presents a piece of information probably tells you about how they, they feel about that. Yeah, totally. Uh, you see it in here when there's, a partner workout and you're like all right you're I, I said it to somebody on saturday uh you because it's supposed to be teams of two and you guys have a team of three uh you partner one are gonna go are gonna begin your round whenever the the slower round two or three three finish and then partner three is like that's gonna be me <laughs> like and or, right. you know and, and they basically put themselves out there like yeah i know i'm gonna i'm gonna really slow or i know that i'm not gonna be able to keep up and things like that and people are already putting that energy out yeah. there isn't that fucking crazy though and, that's crazy yeah. and i see my all right so i'm telling you right now if you ever see me do that i want I'm you to call slap, me out. i'm gonna slap the shit no, out of you I, I don't want you to i don't want you to touch me i don't like being touched we know this we've talked about this already i want you to call me on it i'm not kidding because i well, think i see myself doing that in here many times i don't want to do it okay and i think that that's part of the self-image thing is like you you're immediately when you say when you say something like that i'm gonna be the slowest you're immediately subjugating yourself Right away. Yeah. And then that inherently, like you're saying, goes into your brain and like now you have, here's another cut that you're making yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. against yourself. Huh. That was pretty damn yeah. good, dude. Yeah. Mic bump? Mic bump. That was pretty solid. So watch your language. That's the first thing. Um, this leads into the next thing, ignoring your inner critic. Mm -hmm. We all have this critic. Cricket or critic? Critic. Inner okay. critic. You know, someone tells you that, you know, you're you're shitty, you're not good enough, whatever. And I think that you have to look at that person or that voice, you know, the voice inside your head as not necessarily being your true self. It has to be, you know, it's something that you're hearing, but it's not necessarily something that's true. Do you ever, you ever feel that way? I think everybody's critical of themselves. I certainly have no exception to that. Uh, I can't think of any examples right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about this? So what do we do about that? Because that's a, that's a brutal thing, dude. You know, I, I, as much as I, I understand the idea of like, it's important to like tell yourself positivity. And I'm sure that like people have performed little like affirmations in the mirror and things like that, that like help them, uh, cultivate this like po positive self image in my own experience. I've, that's never been my thing. I've never gone down that path. And yeah. the only thing that I've found to be successful is just by having positive experiences that snowballing each other, yeah. uh, with each other, yeah. trying to surround yourself with people that, uh, are good to you and good by you. And you want to be around and bring yeah. positive energy to you. Uh, not people that cut you down. Like if you're around people that, uh, are, you know, constantly bringing you down a peg to make themselves build themselves up a little bit. Yeah. Or, that sucks. Uh, you know, or even if you're just like in a, in a, an environment where you're not like built to be successful, like, you know, I, Again, I can be. I know for myself, I can be successful in many different avenues. Yeah. If I were to po supposed to be studying in a PhD program where there's a curriculum that was like very, very highly structured, and I had to like retain all sorts of minute information, I would probably not end up feeling very good about myself because <laughs> there's people that are really, really awesome at that, and I think that you people have to find out like what they and I use the term loosely, like meant to be doing what's a good yeah. fit for, for their skill set and who they are, are as a person. Um, and yeah, I think just those experiences, uh, that build upon the, themselves and snowball into a more positive self image. And, and, you know, if you feel shitty about the way you look, then try to 
figure out what strategies there are that can help you improve yourself on that front. And then, you know, when you're feeling more confident on that front, maybe that lends itself to yeah. being more assertive in a career. It's a domino effect, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, like you get one thing, I think it goes both ways. Like if you have, if you have that should conversation, you say try or whatever, it's a domino effect negative in your head. Yeah. But if you're like, you put a shirt on and you're like, wow, I look really good in this shirt. Yeah. That's a domino effect for the rest of your day. And like little things will happen. I think it's, I think that's a really valid point is like, how do you create the positive aspects and stack those up. Cause as you, the more of those that you do, then the more your positive image, you know, gets created totally, the more, totally. more it kind of cements in your head. Um, I also think of my inner critic. I like to think of my inner critic as being like my most annoying friend. Mm-hmm. Right. So somebody that I have to stay friends with for whatever reason, stop I, looking at me. <laughs> I'm not pointing at Blake, trust you. Um, but I have to stay friends with them for whatever reason, but they're not me. Right. Yeah. So my inner critic is not actually me. It's just something I hear. And I feel like when I, when I'm able to de- depersonalize that and say like, okay, this, this criticism I'm hearing, it's not necessarily, first of all, it's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, and I don't also don't have to listen to it. It's not like I'm, no one's forcing me that I have to listen to it or believe that it's true. Uh, but also thinking like, it's just, that's not who I am. That's just like what I'm hearing. Yeah. Right. It's kind of a funny thing to be saying that. Cause then it's like, well, I'm hearing this voice in my head. That's not really me. And that doesn't sound right. Schizophrenic. It's a little schizophrenic, but, but I actually you, think it, can I ask, do you yeah. do that in a intentional way? Like no. you set aside time where you're like, I'm going to think of myself as this detached, like the, I mean, I don't know if you'd like do a meditation or anything like that on a regular basis, Occasionally. but some, some people think about that stuff in like really structured ways where I'm going to put aside 30 minutes and, and my wife does that think through these things. And then other people are like, no, I was like mowing the lawn and this is what I was thinking. Yeah. About. I do it more. I do it more when I, when I'm in action, if I'm walking, if I'm doing stuff, um, I, I do do some affirmation stuff you do do in my head. Do, do, I do, do, do. Um, I do affirmation stuff and I do it with my daughter when we're driving to school yeah. and, and I do, and I don't necessarily think of it as like, I'm a good person, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. I just think of like things like the world is actually out to help me out. Yeah. Like I think it's like that. And I, and, but then in certain moments, if I'm really trying to focus in on something, yeah. I also, um, try to have a mantra or an affirmation in my head. So what I've been doing recently, which has been hugely helpful is in here working out like every time, no joke. I do a prayer every day. I do a prayer as we start class. I've been doing that for four years. Nobody knows that. I just, I'm just <laughs> no, telling you that. Yeah. I do it under my breath. So sometimes you see me like muttering to myself, I'm not gonna say what it is, uh-huh. but it, I say it before literally every, every class I've said it before, every game I've ever played in football, every time I've ever surfed, every time I've played basketball, the only time I haven't said it in the past 10 years. You hurt your shoulder. Yep. Really? Swear to God. <laughs> Swear to God, dude. How funny. It's the only time I didn't say it. Um, I, I, as you're saying this, I realize I also do positive affirmations, but I do them for my Are dog, they about me? for my dog before <laughs> bed sometimes. Oh, <laughs> and really, and really it was because... I'm a little worried. Her name is Ray, that she has low, low self-esteem in mm-hmm. comparison to her brother, Barkley, who does not have low self-esteem. Right. And uh, then my wife, Jessica, told me about 
it's some some really popular book or something when uh, uh, a woman who I I might be botching the story, but I think that she's the uh, a black woman in the South and is a slave, and she does positive affirmations for like the young the young uh, Caucasian daughter of the how she works for or something. Okay, uh, and she says you is. Uh, beautiful, you is smart, you is important. <laughs> and I say that to Ray before battle. Oh, great. Because <laughs> uh, I need her to know. You need to know. That's not, and there's a, that's great, right? And uh, I actually think in the, I believe in the power of words that if it comes out of your mouth, like you, it's actually in the world. And yeah, if yeah. you can, and that's why like when I do the, when I do the prayer, like I don't do it in my head. Okay. I actually say it out loud, but it's I'm usually when I'm going, I'm gonna try when I go, you. it's like when I go to stretch or get a band or if I'm sitting there stretching, I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And then, so I do that. But then I also do, um, um, before every set, before every exercise, I always think I'm, I always say out loud every, I say every rep counts. Every rep counts. Do you really say that every time? Yeah. I do. Do you say it to yourself under the breath? Uh huh. Okay. Every single time. So I walk around like like I, it looks like I'm talking to myself yeah. literally the entire time. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what about the inner critic stuff. A um, couple last things before we get out of here. Accept the flaws of being human. Mm-hmm. I think created part of being part of or being having a positive self image. You have to be able to accept your flaws. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like them. I think there's a big difference, right? Because people are like, well, I don't want to accept my flaws. I don't want to accept my flaws. I'm like, look, you don't have to be best friends with your flaws. Yeah. But just accept them. There are certain things I'm not going to change about my life and myself. I mean, I like it. Yeah. But there's not, if there's nothing I can really do about it, like, uh, you know. It's just not a helpful thing to think, think about that all the time. It's really not, right? What do you think? I would have to agree. Why, uh, you know, why spend all of that time that you could be focusing on elements of yourself that you could improve and work on and are you like literally that? reading my notes that's literally like the next thing i was gonna say uh just read it then just focus on what you off. can do and not what you can't jesus blake well it's kind Get of the same that's kind of the same same yeah. idea right it's like you know if if there you only have a finite amount of energy that you can you know whether those are thoughts or actions or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. and you can spend those that time and effort invested in into shit that's out of your control or you can spend it on time that's like in your control and so yeah. like i think those are the the only thing that we can influence is our you know our thinking and our decision making on that front so you know why 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 waste the the energy and the time yeah 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 i totally agree what do you think about um what I, the last point I wanted to make is like in creating a positive self-image is like, I think of it as like, we're all computers, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all computers, certain amount of RAM and power or like whatever. Windows 95. I'm like a Windows 95. Computer. It's really <laughs> I'm slow. Like a Windows, and... I'm a Windows. I'm a DOS 3.1. You're going to have to cut me out of your life. <laughs> Constantly bring you down a peg. But if you think of yourself as a computer, if there's a way for you to reformat, who, you know, in your mind of who you can be. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily who you are right now, but who you can possibly be. Like, can you, can you put out the opportunity or put out the possibility that you could be a millionaire and you could, I could be somebody with 5% body fat, or you could be somebody who's has a thriving business and like is, you know, called constantly to speak on business at universities all over the world. I mean, it's like, you don't necessarily have to believe that right now that that's going to happen tomorrow. But if you could entertain the possibility that like, look, that's actually not impossible. Mm -hmm. There is a, a small percentage or a percentage or a large percentage, whatever, that that could actually happen. 
Yeah. I think reframing it, I think reframing what we think about ourselves and reframing kind of like who we could actually be is huge. Yeah. It's like when they, when somebody tells you like, oh man, the odds of winning the lottery are one in a whatever trillion, one in a billion, whatever it yeah. is. And then you respond by saying, so you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. What movie is that from? I don't know. What is it? I don't yeah. know. Doesn't matter. It's funny. Is all of our references today? It's like, oh, it's some movie or some book. I don't know that we could be wrong about all this, but we're pretty sure. That's why this is not a scientific podcast. People involved. Um, Yeah, man. I think that, like, I really do think that. Like, I really think that if you're able to reframe kind of who you are or reframe your view of who you can be, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And I've tried to do that recently with my own with my own shit. Like, because I find I don't know about you, but I find myself like I'll get in a state of worry or get in a state of just like despair is the wrong word, but just like angst. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm just like, well, I can't do this. And why do I do this? And, da, 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 da. and then I'm like, well, wait, why am I doing that? Like, why can't I be like this person who's super, super successful in this one area? Why can't I be a guy with 10% body fat? Why mm-hmm. can't I do these things? Like why, like there's who's saying that I, you know, shouldn't do that. What do you think about that? <sighs> I just, I, I think I'd like to close this thing out by telling you one thing, go. Jim. Here we go. Oh, God. Here you we go. You was beautiful. <laughs> you was smart. You was important. And on that, we will end the show. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check out the check out the website, heropodcast.com. Thanks, Blake. Bye, Mom. Later. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really appreciate you guys listening in. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And you can always check us out online at heroupmedia.com, heroupmedia.com. Talk to you guys soon.